Welcome. This is Sparks and Wiry Cries. I am your host, Martha Guth. Sparks and Wiry Cries curates opportunities for art song creators, performers, and scholars through innovative initiatives that capture the stories of our diverse communities. Of our diverse communities. Welcome to the Sparks and Wiry Cries podcast. I am your host, Martha Guth. I have two absolutely incredible artists with me today. I'm so excited to introduce composers Shauna Pebelo and baritone Will Liverman. Before we get down to their conversation, I'd like to tell you a little bit about these two phenomenal artists. Grammy-nominated Sean Opebolo maintains a dynamic career as a composer, including performances of his music at some of the nation's most prestigious performance spaces. That includes Carnegie Hall, the Kennedy Center, and the National Cathedral. The Washington Post described Sean's music as devastatingly beautiful, fresh, new, and fearless. His music has been featured on the Lyric Opera of Chicago recital series, the Washington National Opera Inauguration Day concert, the Ravinia Music Festival, and with the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra, the Lincoln Trio, among many others. Grammy-nominated baritone Will Liverman starred in the Met Opera's reopening production of Fire Shut Up in My Bones, which the New York Times called a breakout performance. He is the recipient of the 2022 Beverly Sills Artist Award and Sphinx Medal of Excellence. Liverman's new opera, The Factotum, which he stars in and composed with DJ recording artist Kay Rico, premieres at the Lyric Opera of Chicago in just a month in February 2023. We are talking with them today right before the launch of a new project, that is one commissioned by us, Sparks and Wiry Cries, and in partnership with the Philadelphia Chamber Music Society. That commission is entitled Songs in Flight, which Sean composed and Will Liverman takes part in as a singer. The new 55-minute song cycle will also feature singer and multi-instrumentalist Rhiannon Giddens, soprano Karen Slack, countertenor Reggie Mobley, pianist Howard Watkins. The work sets texts curated by Dr. Tsitsi Alajaji, whose own work, along with the work of poet Crystal Simone Smith and Pulitzer Prize winner Tayemba Jess, contextualizes and responds to selected primary source materials from the Freedom on the Move database. That database started in 2019 at Cornell University and consists of more than 30,000 runaway ads placed during the period of slavery and acts as a written record of fugitive enslaved people. Songs in Flight is presented by Sparks in partnership with the Philadelphia Chamber Music Society, the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture, and the Metropolitan Museum of Art. The week of events kicks off on Tuesday, January 10th, 2023 at 7 p.m. with a preview of Songs in Flight at the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture's Langston Hughes Auditorium. This free event includes excerpts from the new song cycle, followed by a panel discussion with the entire creative team behind the work. Then on Thursday, January 12th at 7 p.m. at the Metropolitan Museum of Art's Grace Rainey Rogers Auditorium as part of their Met Live Arts series, 
Songs in Flight will have its world premiere. Following that performance, the entire creative team will move to Philadelphia, where it will get its second performance through our partners at the Philadelphia Chamber Music Society in the Pearlman Theater at the Kimmel Center, Sunday, January 15th at 3 p.m. As I am reading this, tickets are almost sold out. It's all very exciting. However, let's get on with the show. I'm so glad that you, you're both here with me today. And I th- feel like we could just kind of jump in if that's fine. I really want to hear your stories. I just would love to hear like what, what got you both to where you are today in this moment. Um, and, you know, begin with either, either one of you, Sean or Will. Um, I can start. Yeah. yeah. So um, I grew up in, in, uh, in a family with a single mom um, who worked several jobs and um, we grew up very, very poor. And um, one day the Salvation Army church bus came to our neighborhood, the projects where we lived. Um, and we started going to this like Wednesday night, like Boy Scout, Girl Scout type program. And so uh, they, they would, the bus would come to our neighborhood and Parents would just send their kids on the bus, but, but my mom being the overprotective mom that she was, I mean, she didn't know these people, right? And so she hopped on the bus with us. And so we started doing that for you know uh, several months. And then we started going to the Salvation Army Church as a result. And the Salvation Army Church has a very strong music tradition. In fact, it's probably uh, the strongest of any ecumenical you know, um, uh, outfit out there. Um, and so at an early age, around six or seven, you know, my sisters and me were given horns to play and we sang in the choir. And so I was going, I was going to this church with these world-class musicians, including um, James Kerno, who um, is one of the most prominent composers of band music. And so long and short of it is uh, my music education was, was, was free music lessons at the Salvation Army Church. Uh, James yeah. Kerno would give me lessons um, every time he was in town. He was very international. He would travel a lot. But every Wednesday or Thursday when he was in town, he would come and give me uh, lessons. And and um, I was able to go to music camps and things like that. And so so that was a very beautiful thing because uh, my, my mom couldn't afford lessons. But uh, the church, who helped our family out, not just with music, but, you know, other ways, pretty much taught me music. And I loved it i loved creating more than actually performing and uh, and i and, and i and, and i stuck with it and so you know i'm a huge uh, advocate for investing in people's uh, lives when they're young especially in communities where that may not happen because um, i'm literally talking with you because people took time to give me uh, music lessons they saw something in this little kid from the projects wow and so all of the information that you got is playing in band, essentially. Mm-hmm. So all of the information about orchestration, yeah. all of the information about like, you know, just, you know, what what instruments can play and which range and all of that came yeah. from, essentially it started from there. Yeah, and it's interesting. We'll get to more about this later. Like if you yeah. told, if you would have told me I'm, I was going to be this like art song composer or opera <laughs> composer or like, you know, uh, song cycles, that a significant part of my compositional output would lead that way, uh, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, I did more instrumental stuff, right? And I still love it. I still love chamber writing and orchestra writing, band writing. But it's really interesting how uh, how one's life uh, in terms of the creative, their artistic life shifts uh, based on experiences. And I'm grateful that I'm doing a lot of song and 
and, and art, art song and spirituals and, and, and opera. But uh, that's not something that um, was definitely in my um, my my my, uh, my trajectory as, as an artist. So, but how did you actually get good at writing for the voice? Because it's so specific. It is such a well, specific thing. So it's funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know if uh, Will knows this or not, uh, um, but when I went to uh, undergrad, I knew I wanted to be a composer. That was, I was going to be a composition major, but you had to choose like a performance instrument. And so I didn't want to do tuba, euphonium or trombone, which are the instruments that I've played. So I decided to just do voice. <laughs> to help my ear to learn about uh, uh and I like singing you know and so I had I had yeah so technically I have a voice degree <laughs> for an undergrad I did not know that uh, uh, there, there, uh, there, there, there may or may not be a recording of me out there singing you know uh a refiner's fire and the messiah <laughs> oh we have to get that send it so, we're dropping that clip in exactly so, uh, but I am not a performer at all. Um, um, I'm, I'm typically a composer. But even then, I did mostly instrumental writing, you know? Okay. Um, but, so I would say, um, so I did have some training in voice, but that's not really what did it. It was honestly, I think my first spirituals projects that I did with Will. Um, and, I, and I really got to know Will's voice and, you know, listening. And, um, and he was like almost my lab, which was a great lab to have with mm -hmm. that talent. Uh, um, yeah. um, and, and it really, it really helped me uh, really understand the voice. Um, and, um, and I've always loved other art forms like poetry and, um, you know, visual arts. And so, um, it was so natural for me because I got to work with, you know, another art form, poetry and words, um, uh, that also inspires my art. So, 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 yeah, it's a very interesting uh, path. And I tell my students, you think, you know, your artistic path. You have no idea, you That's know, right. uh, and, 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 just, and, just, and, just, and just go with it. So, right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Will, what about for you? What's your what's your story? Uh, yeah, for me, um, I, you know, was born and raised. I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> the gospel church, you know, night and day, seven days a week, it seemed. Um, but I loved my background in gospel. My mom um, sings gospel. She used to actually sing um, professionally with a group, wow. and she would be gone for the holidays because she'd be in Europe, <laughs> you know, like touring and stuff. And, you wow. know, so much of I feel like my music DNA starts with the teachings of the, you know, the gospel music and, you know, learning things by road, singing in the choir. Um, you know, I know a lot of singers get their start that way. But I also, my parents wanted me to play an instrument. So I started taking piano when I was maybe like five or six. Uh, up until high school, I actually did a little bit of violin in middle school. Not many people know that, I love it. Um, but it didn't take, <laughs> I, didn't, I couldn't practice. It was too much. It's, um, and it's a, it's an instrument I very much respect. I mean, the ear, and all the, the, the dedication it takes to really play that instrument well. Um, but I never had the discipline for it. Um, but I, you know, was doing, uh, playing a lot of, uh, classical music and also in the church I was singing. I was never good enough to, to play at my church. Those guys on that Hammond would just go to town. Right. And, you know, just any any sort of 
thing that someone would get up and sing, whether it be a testimony thing or something, and someone was singing, they'd just, you know, get right on it and find the key. And all of that was always fascinating to me. And I could never quite grasp how they would do it. But I, you know, it was nice to be immersed in it. And over time, well, that became sort of my, you know, foundation. And then singing, I kind of continued on singing in church up until I realized the well, the classical turn kind of happened with the Governor School for the Arts with a program that I uh, where was that? Where's in Norfolk, Virginia, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and it's uh, all performing arts high school. And I ended up applying for voice, um, not really knowing what it was going to be. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like some R and B program. I don't know, like musical <laughs> theater. I just wasn't sure exactly <laughs> what a voice program meant for a high schooler. Right. Uh, and sure enough, it turned out to be, um, you know, this this classical program was basically an opera program for high schoolers. So we we did, you know, full productions every wow. year and, and concerts. I think my first performance, I did Magic Flute. I was a Rostro at 13. <laughs> There's a lot of like things that, you know, just really uh, that they instilled in us that that. Um, really motivated me and, and kind of gave me it opened my eyes to wow this this opera world that i never knew anything about coming from the church um and it stuck i you know over the course of my time at governor school i really you know kind of found my way with with singing and, and love being on stage and you know getting the costumes and the totality of what opera is mm -hmm. you know really was something that intrigued me to the point where I wanted to major in it. Um, and so I ended up going to Wheaton College for my uh, voice degree and then onwards to my master's at Juilliard. And then it, the track just sort of continued from there. Um, and it's, you know, like Sean says, it's, you know, you never know what to expect with this career. There's so many things that you just kind of learn as you go, especially when the, you know, I did the, um, the Ryan Center Opera Program after I finished grad school um, in, in Chicago. So that's how I ended up being based in Chicago. But after that was over, I did three years there. And, you know, you're kind of just in the fight <laughs> with along with everyone else, <laughs> trying to pick up work where you can get it, mm -hmm. you know, auditioning for agents and, you know, mm -hmm. trying to get representation. And, you know, it was all something that's just with the experience and you learn as you go. And I just stuck with it. And, um, you know, just I'm thankful for all the opportunities that have happened as a result um, of going with this <laughs> this crazy career path that I had no idea that I was I was going to end up pursuing. I, my, I actually was going to stay if I didn't go to Wheaton, I was going to be uh, music, music education mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, and stay local. I was going to go to James Madison. So mm -hmm. the, the Wheaton degree was kind of the one thing that I was applying for as a voice major mm -hmm. um, and then it kind of wow. went from there it was know. the only place you applied for as a voice major wow yeah 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 um I um was gonna pursue music education yeah. and um have that be you know because my dad mm -hmm. was a teacher so I always had a love for and a passion mm -hmm. for teaching but I you know ended up going the performer route wow. so, what so, did your dad teach oh sorry go ahead oh I Oh, he's taught elementary school. Yeah, he taught elementary school. He's a fifth grade social studies Amazing. teacher. 
Yeah, yeah. After he, he fought, or he, yeah, he fought in the Vietnam War, and he ended up they gave him a, you know an education to uh, you know a full ride, and uh, ended up getting his master's and bachelor's in, in education, and was uh, started teaching. <clears throat> yeah. So that teaching, I mean, that that runs really deep. That idea of sort of education, it goes all the way through your DNA. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm still trying to find my footing. I don't do master classes just yet, just because I don't really, I don't think I know. I'm not a master of anything, you know, like I feel like I have <laughs> lots to, you know, still learn and digest. And I don't, you know, but I really want to give back in that way at some point in my career, whether that be coaching or, you know, like I, I really do have, uh, that's something I want to pursue later on for sure. Oh yeah, I want to be a fly on the wall in that room. Yeah, it's gonna be fantastic. I don't know if you know this, Martha, but um, uh, the Wheaton connection is how we met because I was a I, I was a young assistant professor, and you know I had uh, done a lot of projects to get to where I, I was, um, and I said, you know, I'm gonna do a project that I just care about, and I I, I was connecting to my musical roots of of my father who's Nigerian, and that's a whole other story, but also my mother who's African American, which comes from, from uh, um, you know, uh, uh, slave songs, uh, spirituals. And so I'm, I'm writing these spirituals and, you know, you know um, I got to Wheaton in 2010 and will let graduate in 2010. So we never, we never crossed paths. Okay, so that magic but, sauce didn't really happen. Uh, like it was just sort of- No, no but, but, <laughs> oh my gosh, if I, Will this? Will you know Will Livman? Will this? Will 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 You know who's this Will guy? You know, you know, and I am so grateful because you know I said, no, Will, I have this project. You don't know me, but let's 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 you know go on this journey. And he agreed, and it's been just so beautiful. We've collaborated tons of times since, and it's just beautiful. And I must, yeah, I must say that. The, the Steal Away project that we did was mm -hmm. something that really also helped inform my solo career because that mm -hmm. kind of, an, you know, was an enlightening moment to be, you know, I was honored to be a part of this project and to sing Sean's spirituals. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, it also gave mm -hmm. me visibility in the digital world as well. Mm -hmm. So people who may not necessarily have heard me on the stage new steal away and that was you know that really helped mm. um you know advance my career as well um which was um but the, but the the project and working with sean was i knew for a fact like after i looked at that first piece i think it was steal away or deep yeah river. deep river one of those two yeah 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 one of the first ones you sent where i was like okay we definitely gotta collab again and you know, it was, so, it was so fun yeah yeah Mm -hmm. So that was the first one was Steal Away, or had you done mm -hmm. other things together before that? No, it, it, yeah. it was Steal Away, and I think that's our baby. Uh, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so very special. And 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 what Will's saying too, likewise. Um, you know, because you mentioned how they get into voice. Honestly, that album. Um, and so so wasn't. I mean, it was done so well that that people saw me uh, as this you know, song composer. And, and so, and it was done so well because I had some ridiculous musicians who are, who are making this stuff come to life, you know? And so, I mean, it, it really goes, it really goes both ways. Um, this, 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 this partnership, you know, um, you know, it, you know, just, yeah, it, it, it's, it's really quite a beautiful thing. Yeah. Would you say um, that 
the inherent beauty, but also appropriateness of the range that ex for like vocal range that exists in spirituals, that that also informed the way that you understood vocal writing, or is that not a part of this? So sort of understanding like how the voice works and where things fit beautifully. Yeah. So that's an interesting question um, because, okay, so my approach wasn't necessarily the voice. It was the the actual genre of these okay. texts and the music, yeah. okay? So I had, you know, not not that Will is this lab rat, but I had this like voice, like this, I, I was, I, I got to work with yeah. um, that, was, that was amazing, you yeah. know? And, and so it's funny because people tease me all the time because I've written Tons of stuff for baritones and mezzos, tons, <laughs> but very few stuff for soprano and. Give us some love. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. They got enough stuff. They'll be fine. Right, right. right. And, you know, and, and so it's because I, I, I had this like Will and then Janae Bridges that this, this dream team dream voice team. That, that 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 I was working with. So I felt so comfortable writing in that. And um, I, I just I just wrote a piece for for, for Larry Brownlee. Um, it's my honestly I think my first tenor aria. I mean I mean I mean art song, uh, art song. And even though I've done tons of stuff, people can't believe it, like uh, because I've done so, so much vocal writing. But and so I got to learn, you know, honestly, the uh, vocal writing from you know the range of the voice from almost two specific voice types, you know, okay. and then offshoots from that, you know, um, they're obviously Will and Janae aren't the only people that I wrote for, but, 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 but I, but I, but I had that, you know, um, I, I guess, I guess that source of just, just, just knowledge and also how they approach singing, you know, um, and this is my own analytical aspects of it, um, but the way Will approaches a song versus Janae, mm. it's quite different. <laughs> they're both are, masterful in what they do and they're the, and to me i think they're the best um but but even even seeing how 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 singers approach pieces you know has 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 really informed how i write and then also after i write these pieces and then it goes into the world and all these people are performing them hearing their interpretations mm. of these and also learning uh, uh you know uh you know from that too so um for example um you know will I think you agree he's got a bass baritone. He's a true baritone. But hearing bass baritones or baritones with the lower range sing some of my right. pieces, um, really interesting uh, thing. It's not a bad thing. It's actually great. It's just very interesting. And then, you know, um, and then, you know, because they can't just like pop out those high G flats like Will does. Like, you know, you know I, I think Will's a tenor half the time. But their but they're lower range, um, th th there's something there that... Um, that that that's that's different. So 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 even like again, writing a piece of music for a specific voice and then having other people interpret it has also informed how I approach the voice and learn how to write for the voice. Um, it's it's amazing working with just great musicians, and because that's honestly how you grow as a composer. That's so interesting to hear. I mean, I really I really feel then that there also must be just a sort of like inherent intuitive. I don't know. It just uh, yeah. that your ear must be so good because every piece that I've seen is so intelligently captured for the voice. Well, well thank you. I'll say one more thing, yeah. and we'll talk more. more uh, uh, also, I'm a very I'm a feeler. Like I mm. am. It's probably why like I struggle sometimes writing some of these pieces because I really feel feel it. And again, I'm just using Will's example because he's who who I've written for the most. 
Will, at least I, either he's a great actor or he's, he, he's a great actor. He feels the music too. Like, and so, and so it's, so it's, it's, it's that, 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 that also, it, it just seems so natural. And I think it comes from, you know, Will and I, you know, are, I'm sure are, are, are blessed. We haven't had probably is we've all, we've all, uh, you know, experienced racism. That's just being black men or black people in America that happens, but the people who have who have experienced are probably even far worse than, than, than us in terms of, you know, um, you know, actual um, just deep physical pain and things like that. But all that to say is that's still a part of us. We yeah. still, we still are descendants of, of slavery, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and so, so working with the spirituals, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a natural thing. Like, like, like we really feel that, 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 that's deep, you know, when we're writing this, the, 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 this, the, you know, this music, it's not, you just pop it off a melody and when he's singing it i'm sure it's not just popping yes. off a melody we, we we feel it so when i when i write you know um and this is a controversial statement that um composers hate when i say this but but um i think the text is the most important part of a piece of music when, when you add text and uh, and and so i just sit with the text you know and um so much before I even start writing a single note. And once I feel like I have a text, even if it's a spiritual, which it's seemingly simple, but it's not, or just, or just this, you know, in-depth poem, until I feel, feel like I really have it in me, that's when I feel like I can write. And, yeah. and in my music, I think that's kind of reflected because like, you know, every note means something, every chord means, it means something. And that's not, you may even not even know or pick up these musical references. And to me, it doesn't really matter that you pick them up or not, but I, it, it more matters that you know that like, like I put my all in every single note and chord that I write. And then um, and what I think is a total gift from God is that I have musicians who will put their all in interpreting what I write, because no matter how much I write, it doesn't matter if it doesn't come to life in such a meaningful way. Well, I'm, I think Poulenc also, uh he wanted to hear the poets actually speak the text yep i do that, that was yep. a really yeah which mm-hmm. i found really interesting will you you have recorded now a number of cds that are art, art song cds mm-hmm. um i mean how what is your like how how did you get into song what what do you find special about song that you don't get in the other repertoire that you um are also really deeply uh, involved with yeah, song for me, it's funny because uh, Sean knows my teacher who really helped guide me and give me vocal footing, Dr. Carolyn Hart, would always try to get me to do song of weed, and I hated it. All I wanted to do was give me the count, sorry, I want Questo more, I want all, uh, <laughs> you know, all the big stuff. And he's like, here's your 4A song, and I'm like, and I would purposely not like, take forever to learn it just because I, you know, I didn't want to do it. But it wasn't until my master's at Juilliard, and I, that honestly just happened because, you know, there are so many performers that are doing the operas. I didn't really have much experience or many times to perform the operas at Juilliard. I mean, I did a few things, but where I was able to get some shine and visibility was the leader Abend concerts that we would do, mm-hmm. like Russian songs, French, German, that really, you know, kind of expanded the, the palette of songs. And then I think the Wigmore 
Hall competition that I did yeah, a few yeah, times with my closest collaborator, Jonathan King. Yeah. Um, now we we did it twice, and it's it's a nerve wracking thing because you have to prepare if you know the competition. You have all this repertoire, and it can't repeat. Knowing the fact that you could get eliminated and not get to do your final set, which is like thirty minutes long, and we got axed both times at the semifinals, and we were like, ah, so close. But it it really gave me both of us like a really enhanced, you know, um, you know, getting a chance to hear all these singers from across the country and in the world perform all these songs and. We always made a pact, uh, John and I, to perform art song recitals every year, regardless. We would just pick out a venue and pick rep and, and put something together and, you know, invite people. And and so that's sort of, you know, the song kind of came about when, you know, things would be kind of bare for the opera part of the season. I would have this time on my hands and I just love song and love, you know, exploring songs. And so that's kind of how that all started. And the thing that I appreciate about song, I think the most, you know, the the different, you know, the, the way in which you can communicate, right. which sometimes can be difficult with opera because, you know, you're in the rehearsal room and things are all fine and dandy and, you know, it's too loud here, this and that, let's create this. And the minute you get on stage, huh, what, we can't hear exactly. you. <laughs> Thank you're you. Doing, you're literally just screaming, you know, I mean, not literally, I mean, no, there's I know. Course, magic yeah. that right, right, happens right. on the opera. We all know that, but it becomes less about, for me, I mean, it really becomes just about the projection and getting your voice over the orchestra. So with song and being it so, so intimate, you really have the opportunity when it's just you and the collaborator um, to, you know, find um, new ways and kind of be adventurous and how you color things and tell the story when you're not competing against like a 60 piece orchestra or whatever. Right. And it's just so much fun. You know, I, it requires a lot of mental work. Um, lately, I've time where I've actually, I've used music because, you know, I've, I always like to pride myself on being memorized, but you know, um, it's still, uh, one of my favorite things to do. And if I could, you know, be an art song singer back in the day where you can actually make a career doing it. I feel like I would have, I would have loved mm -hmm. to have been because the, the expansive amount of rep you can do mm -hmm. and the imagination you can have in creating programs, doing commissions mm -hmm. um, that you can, you know, kind of just pay for yourself and find support. You know, you can really, I feel like the, the, the artistic freedom you have, you're not waiting for an company to commission some big piece, you know, you can just, mm -hmm you know, kind of go on your own and like things that matter to you, you can figure out a way to to, to represent that in a song uh, concert. So yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite things. It is true, right? I mean, as, yeah. as performing artists, we really, this is where we can put our stamp on what our artistic, mm -hmm. um, cho the choices we make is how yeah, we yeah. can deliver what kind of story, you know, you want, you want to be able to tell. Anyways, we're, I mean, we're having this conversation because of a really specific project that we're working on, um, that you are working on. And um, I thought I would just sort of say a little bit about it to introduce it, but then I really just want to hear, I have some questions for you about it. So Sparks is, um, 
has, is working with the Philadelphia Chamber Music Society to commission this new piece um, from Sean. And then we're, it's going to have its world premiere at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which is really exciting. Um, and the piece that uh, Sean has written is entitled Songs in Flight. For those of you who don't know, Songs in Flight began as a chance encounter with this database called Freedom on the Move that um, is led by historian Dr. Edward Baptist at Cornell University. And it's essentially um, a listing of over 30,000 advertisements for runaway slaves. And so this database notes that it compiles, and this is in, in Dr. Baptist's words, thousands of stories of resistance that have never been accessible in one place. It was created to control the movement of enslaved people. Um, and the ads ultimately preserved the details of individual lives, their personality, appearance, and life story. Taken collectively, the ads constitute a detailed, concise, and rare source of information about the experiences of enslaved people. So I had this chance encounter over Facebook, of all things, because um, someone had, had linked to a newspaper article that spoke about the database. And so I ended up having a conversation with someone on our advisory board, that was Karen Slack, who's uh, the soprano for the project, um, to ask, you know, like, is this is this something that would feel like a good, like, is, is there something in this that's creative? And she said, absolutely. Yes, go for it. <laughs> um, and uh, so to, to sort of shorten that story, I called up friend um, Tsitsi Alajaji, who we went to Oberlin together, who is the curator for all the text. She's also a poet. And so a number of her poems appear in this song cycle. And then I spoke with, with you, Sean. And then over the next few months, we sort of gathered all of the performers together. Um, so that's Karen Slack, Reggie Mobley, and of course you will, and um, Howard Watkins at the piano. Um, so the whole thing kind of evolved through Tsitsi's guidance, I think, into a determination to tell stories that contextualize elements of the database and also brought them into the 21st century. Um, so um, I guess I would just sort of love to hear from both of you about, from your perspective about the genesis of the project, why you said yes, um, when I know you both are like over, overworked <laughs> and super busy, um, and just sort of talk about like, what were the deciding factors and, um, now based on what you know of how all of this has come together, um, just any other thoughts, um, and ideas that you've been thinking about. I'll let Sean lead this one. <laughs> okay. Well, easy. I said yes when you when you told me who the performers were, uh, at least that Will Will's performing, and any chance I could, uh, uh, any chance uh, I have to work with Will um, is, I mean, I, I mean, I try I try to jump on it um, um, because um, um, and we can talk about this more later about uh, you know about who we work with and why we work with people. But, uh, but you know, it's not just enough to create good art. You want to create good art with people that are nice, that you like, you know, they can hang, but also can, can perform the heck you know, out of something. And so, and so um, it was, it was an easy, it was an easy, uh, uh, yes. Um, and the concept of it was, um, I thought was amazing these ads you know and i would i read some of them and i'm like oh my gosh what is this this is, this is amazing um amazing in like a heartbreaking sense that like you know people you know our ancestors were you know just just 
they're just commodities, you know, just like a lost dog. You, you put an ad in for a lost dog, you know what I mean? Um, and so, so the, the whole concept was to me was just, was, was incredible. Um, and to do my small part in bringing awareness uh, to this, you know, I, I was readily available to, uh, you know, I, readily, I was readily eager to, uh, to, to, to jump on a project like this. That said, writing this piece was incredibly difficult on an emotional level. Um, yeah. You know, we, we did two black churches, which, which was difficult and obviously spirituals. Um, uh, but this was a different take on that. You know, uh, uh, this was this was like the art song and the spirituals combined because you had it came from that. It came from, you know, uh, that 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 uh, time period in our history. OK. But the approach was um, was art song in a way because of, of poetry and, and the actual text. And so, um, and like I said earlier, um, you know, um, when I compose, I really feel for good or for bad. Sometimes you know, <laughs> um, um, when, I, when I write and, and, and so it, 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 was, it, was, it, was, it was very difficult uh, and rewarding. Um, but, but 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 very difficult to 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 write as I was you know dealing with this this, this tough text. Speaking off of when Sean says that he feels things, um, just jumping back a bit when we did after we did the steal away, um, you know we talked. I remember we were sitting in his office talking about the creation of two black churches, and I listened to Rain. Hmm. the intro hmm. uh i could barely it took i told him it's it like five or six times before i could actually get through it without crying um and that's something that 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 speaks to you that just reinforces the fact that you know when someone really feels something in their writing because you feel that in the in the piano and the in the vocal writing and how the story is told so with this i automatically knew this is something that i wanted to be a part of based on you know who's in it and getting a chance to to work with sean on this subject matter and honestly you know i think for me and where i want to go with my career you know being an advocate of new music as is i think where i want to leave my my imprint in the world and mm. where, where i want to spend my the most of my vocal energy and time we have so many recordings of of right. ventriza love the love the standards i love schumann brahms all those guys but you can go into the Google database, YouTube, and find just tons of recordings and things. And I really want to be an advocate of of new music that's and stories more, more than just the music, but the stories that are very you know important for us to tell. And those are probably the two two biggest reasons for me. <clears throat> the the whole evening. Um, so I mean, it's there. There are a lot of layers that are going to be um, in this performance, of course. But here's another one: the inclusion of um, Rhiannon Giddens mm -hmm. um, and and the instruments that she brings with her, so banjo, viola, fiddle. She's going to do an opening set, essentially in the style that speaks to her the most, um, where she's the most comfortable. But she has a deep history in many musical languages. Mm -hmm. We all know that she studied classical music. We were uh, she and I were classmates, and so that's how I got lucky enough to remain friends with her. Mm -hmm. But um, but. There's a dialogue that we also want to talk about that um, between classical music and other musical styles right. that we want to include in this performance. And Will, I know specifically this is something that's interesting for you. Certainly with I've heard 
a number of performances online where that are not classical music. And so I'd love it if you would talk about that kind of, I don't want to say genre blending, but like coming at different genres from a really authentic place in performance. Mm. For me, it's this genre, this idea of genre blending is just really not forgetting you know the the musical foundations that you you came up with and yes. finding ways to to incorporate that in into the classical singing because they both can coexist together i think mm-hmm. um it's just you know um i feel like we're taught to just kind of put those right. things aside yeah i mean there's like two things that i think about that first of all for as a as a teacher at a <laughs> primarily undergraduate um school I can't tell you how much better my classical singers are for for singing R&B, music theater, Mm -hmm. contemporary, any kind of actually contemporary commercial Mm -hmm. music. It's thrilling Mm -hmm. because it affects diction. It affects their breath. It affects everything. And because we don't only teach classical musicians, of course, the same is true the other way Mm -hmm. around. Yeah. But honestly, on stage, for me, it just feels like we need to be telling stories that we, that right. we as artists yeah. feel authentic. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, sometimes I've discovered, you know, with the, the classical spaces that, you know, we perform in, for a long time, it was hard for me to find my footing, you know, being a Black artist and growing up with Black music, trying to sing things, you know, that really weren't really written for me, you know, necessarily. Mm-hmm. So as much as you can, as much as I just can be unapologetic in the soul and the the feeling that you know I remember singing with with gospel and bringing that on the stage just helps me actually be my full authentic self in these classical spaces you know it's it's really important I, I think that's uh why dreams of a new day your uh, last album it, it soul album is, is um it's so brilliant you you, you almost took control of the narrative <laughs> you said you know you said you said here is what i want um uh here are the composers i want you know uh yeah. you know i, I, I want to or here's i want to who are who, these are the pieces i want to sing and, and and you said you know what I, i'm, I'm going to control the narrative um because yeah. you're at this point in your career where, where, where you can i mean again you can sing the heck out of schubert and schumann and, and you do uh uh but like you know there, there there's more there and if if, if if they're not gonna do it, I'm 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 gonna make it happen. So 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 so, well, so keep that. That's yeah. why. Well, that's why I love working with you so much. And one of the things that you know that realization, you know, was diving in, you know, to the the initial album with Steal Away and our latest album with that. Like everything that we've done together, <laughs> I feel so I much. feel that I feel that flexibility and freedom in Sean's writing yeah. to really be really authentic in how I perform and how I sing and in, in two black churches. And, you know, it just, it really helps settles you and you, you feel more just in the pocket in that way. Um, so that's always one of the things I've, I've appreciated about your writing as well. Yeah. Sean, would you say that this was, so to, so Rhiannon's going to sing three uh, pieces from the cycle of 12. Mm-hmm. Like, would you say that that, that was, tricky or was it was it was it something you were thinking about specifically oh, or what my word very tricky <laughs> you know at one point I'm like 
you know what? I'm just going to have words and some chords, symbols, <laughs> and, and give her her banjo and let her do her thing. You know, uh, you know, I feel comfortable at least you know, writing the art song and writing for Will and, and you know, Karen and, um, and, you know, Reggie. But I'm like, this was crazy, you know, because I, I, I and so I had so much fun, though. And, and I know she's going to, you know, uh, kill, kill it. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, the first I don't know if Will knows this or not, but the first uh, movement is um, the old freedom that I wrote for Will, um, which was also my, one of my favorite um, uh, uh, pieces that, that he performs because he just he, he brings it to this magical level. Uh, and so I decided to start the whole set with old freedom. Um, Will's not singing it, but Rhiannon is singing it. And it's going to be incredible because it's not going to be Will uh, and his and, and what he does and how he interprets it, which is, again, is I think it's masterful. It's going to be this this uh, new singer, a woman, uh, a singer that, uh, you know, who does classical, but also does the folk. Um, and so I'm really excited to see how Rhiannon interprets O Freedom, a piece that as I envision one way, it's going to be interpreted another way. Honestly, I think it's brilliant. I think it's genius because because it also is going to allow a way to move out of this sort of folk world into it's an entry. It's a gateway right into the cycle. Brilliant. All right. So we have two sort of quick questions that I want to ask you to at the end of this. So what is the best piece of advice you've ever received that you use on a daily basis? Maybe it's a hard question okay. for either of you. Uh, I, I, I can go. Um, yeah. This isn't a, this was an uh, advice that I received, but it was it was something that I've noticed for people who I admire. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna live by their example. Okay. Um. And uh and I, I say this: be kind. Yeah. You know. Um. You know. Um. We are in uh, this artistic world where there are a lot of amazing musicians, amazing composers, singers, you know, um, instrumentalists. And why would you want to work with someone who's not kind when, yeah. when this person is just as good as you, but kind, right? Mm-hmm. And, so, and so I mentioned my story early on and, um, you know, like I had this world-class composer who took the time and just didn't have to do it, you know, and, 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 and it was just very kind to me and my family, you know, not just me, like, like my, my mom and my sisters, he, and, and his, he and his wife treated us like family, you know, beyond music. And they were just kind to us, you know? And so, and so I, I try to be kind. Um, uh, it, it, one, your life is much more rewarding, I think, uh and um and your art is much more meaningful and so 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 that that's that's the piece of advice i tell people because i the people who have influenced me the most are just, are just nice people um another thing that um advice that i'm going to give um that wasn't necessarily given to me um and i see it all throughout this podcast and is um i, t- I tell i tell uh students all this all the time especially when i give master classes what's one piece of advice you would give to the students and and, and that is to, you know, develop meaningful relationships. You know, yeah. don't write for your, your mom, write for the next year, your mom, who is this cellist next to you mm-hmm. in your, in your boring music history class. Right. And um, I love seeing how uh, this 
Freedom of the Move project has come about, you've mentioned that you went to school with TT, Rhiannon, like- It's these totally people, friends. You're, you know, and then, and then like, I mean, you're, you're friends at Oberlin, you know, and y'all are very- They powerful. just happened to be amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but y'all didn't know that no. years and years later no. that like, you all gonna collaborate and do things at the Metropolitan Museum of Art and winning Grammys and doing this and, yeah. and y- y'all didn't know this, but 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 your relationship it wasn't transactional. You were like, no. I'm just gonna just be your friend, and we're gonna make great music together. And who knows who's, how this is gonna uh, come about? Let's say for 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 for, for Will, you know. Um, you know, I can say I have friends from grad school and, and undergrad that I can talk about, but even my relationship with Will was just, let's just yeah. make some music and let's see where this mm-hmm. happens. I mean, uh, you know, where, where this goes and who knew, just who knew? Beyond our wildest dreams, you know, uh, yeah. our collaborations and our relationships. And I, I, I see Will as, as a little brother, I really do. And it goes beyond just, just making music. So, so be kind and just develop meaningful relationships because it just makes your life more rewarding and your art, it, it takes it to a different place. Well, how about you? That's beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, man, I think one of the things that I, I remember from a master class uh, with Renee Fleming was back when we were in the Young Artist Program. She just said to never stop being a student of your craft. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something at that time I never really thought about because I you you look at people that are you know sailing all across the world and performing and you're like everyone's got it figured out it's just like you get to a point and it's just it's you're the you know you know everything, but she said you know you never stop you know and this is obviously something I mean it's not the most enlightened but it's just a, it was a reminder yeah, sure. for you to you know always keep pushing um, and not settling when you you know there's always stuff to work on you can always be better with your languages you can always go find something meaningful or new when you repeat that ra or art song for the millionth time you can always mm-hmm. you know improve upon something you know and i think that was that really was a resounding thing that i always uh keep close <clears throat> when i'm you know learning new music and um out there in the grind so mm-hmm. yeah that is perfect that is such an amazing a a perfect place to leave this Mm -hmm. um really kind of wonderful hour that we've spent chatting thank Mm -hmm. you so much both of you no thank you this is great this is great thank you again to our fabulous guests this podcast was produced by jardana gertler jaffe the intro was created by ryan mcavoy mccullough special thanks to erica switzer julia norelli Lucy Fitzgibbon, Victoria Browers, and Neville Braithwaite. I am your host, Martha Guth. Sparks and Wiry Cries is a registered 501c3 nonprofit, and as such, we would welcome your contribution at any time. No amount is too little, and we really do stretch every dollar as much as we can to support the creation of new song, new performances, and new research. Please check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel to see all the wonderful creative content there and definitely read up on the latest article releases and event listings on our website at www.sparksandwirycries.org. Thanks for listening.
Oh, 